This is Josh Mills. And this is John Mills. Welcome back to another episode of Acquired Tastings. We are very excited to have you guys join us this week, especially this week. Not just because it's beer week, but we have a guest. Who's that on the line out there? Well, I guess I, uh, since I'm representing the Beer Avengers, I guess I should use my Beer Avengers name. This is uh, Captain Porter Brown Stout. All right. The Beer Avengers podcast. Captain. Yeah, we're excited. We have another fantastic podcaster with us from the Beer Avengers, like you just said, Captain Porter Brown Stout from an undisclosed location in the Queens, right? Yeah, I'm back in Astoria, Queens. I am. Uh, last the last. Right. The, la- the episode we aired this week and the one we next week, I, I, those are all, both uh, on my road shows. But as of yesterday afternoon, I am I am back in Astoria, Queens. Awesome. Fully so, vaccinated. Isn't that great? Fully vaccinated since April 29th. All right. Wow. So you've been you've been uh, out and about in the world and we'll talk about it. So his experiences have been a little bit different for COVID's sake than we've had here in Arkansas. So that's definitely going to be a fun topic to talk about. But when it comes to the beers, Dad, what type of beers are we doing this week? We're doing Imperial style. Awesome. I mean, my absolute favorite. So Imperial Stouts. Dad, what are you doing as your beer and your pairing this week? I'm doing O'Rasputin. It's a Russian Imperial Stout. And I'm doing my Kansas City style ribs. I got up very early this morning, starting about 7.30, and they are warm and wonderful. And then I did something that I've never done before, grilled s'mores. Grilled s'mores. Awesome. And Captain, what did you bring? What did you bring for the podcast this week? Well, I brought from uh, the they have several brewer facilities, but the one in Ridgewood, Queens, I brought from Evil Twin. It's uh, their gingerbread imperial stout coming at a delightful 12 percent ABV. So uh, it's they they just released this a couple of weeks ago and I was there on release date. I'm very glad I got that. Actually, but it's fun. I've been able to share the wealth of that one a lot. And, in, and for my pairing, I went to, uh, can I say the name of our sponsor? I know you of don't course, do a lot yes. of brands. Oh, yeah, sure. you can. Our, our sponsor, I went over to our sponsor, Astoria Beer and Cheese, and I got some jowl bacon and some cambazola, which is sort of a soft blue cheese. So it's spreadable. Right. And a, a baguette, which comes from Amy's uh, bread. And I made these uh, bacon blue sandwiches. Oh, oh nice. Man. Man, you, can, you, and, can you send some of that through the screen for us? <laughs> And on top of that, I, you know, I was, this gingerbread, actually, the, the gingerbread and the gingerbread stout comes from one of the oldest breweries in Queens called Rudy's. It's a neighbor to where Evil Twin. Okay. Mm. If I hadn't been waiting for my luggage all day to get here from Delta, I might've taken a trip out there to get some of their gingerbread, oh, wow. but I couldn't. So I went to a local uh, bakery here, Martha's Country Bakery, and uh, they have, and some of the stuff I read said gingerbread stout was good with chocolate mousse. Mm. So I got a triple chocolate, a slice of uh, triple chocolate mousse cake to go with it. Wow, man, wow. you've got some you've got some great pairings going on there. Sounds and, wonderful. And then, so for mine this week, it's the Oscar Blues Ten Fifty Imperial Stout, the regular, not the barrel aged. Right. And then I have some Ghirardelli Intense Dark Raspberry Chocolate, some of their Intense Dark Caramel Chocolate, and then a good aged English Cheddar Cheese. Oh, that all would be interesting. So it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. I'm gonna kind of be salt and salt and bitter heavy yeah. <laughs> on my pairings this week. So it's going to be, it's going to be lots of fun. But before we get started, dad, I blinded a wine last week. Yes, you did. And you remember what you said it was? I don't. Well, remember all I know you is you said Italian. I did. Mm-hmm. Did I say it was a Nebbiolo? 
I think that's what you said. Okay, I can't remember. It's, well, yeah, it's been many drinks ago. <laughs> it's Grand Ben de Bordeaux. Oh, okay. From France, Joss. Okay, so I need to get all of my sommelier friends are going to be very upset with me. So I just need to start, you know, tasting with them more. <laughs> well, I, I don't know if it was that, but it, it seemed to be you were getting a lot of tannins. Yeah, I remember that. And that's why I think you thought it was Italian instead of Bordeaux. Right. Now, left bank, they get tannins, right? Well, yeah, they're all going to get, they're all going to have tannins. But with that being as young as it is, is probably why I it's was. It's a 2018. With it being as young as it is, right. um, that's probably why I was getting a little bit more of the uh, tannins, tannins going on there. So, well, all right, Captain, are you, uh, you kind of ready to get started here? I think so, yeah. You, I, I think he's over taking, there snacking the, already. Right, what I'm doing is I'm taking the plastic off of this uh, triple chocolate mousse cake, and it got a little of it on my hand, so, <laughs> so I'm going to waste it. Yeah, yeah what are you going to do? All right, well, so, uh, Captain, we're going to go ahead and give you a cheers through the Zoom, so you can go ahead and start drinking. So yeah, cheers. cheers. Oh, you got the crack. Oh, the crack. Wonderful, wonderful. That's awesome. Here we go. And the good old pour. So Bill, one of, one of the wonder things- would have loved that one. <laughs> he would have one of the things he will. one of the things that they do on the beer Avengers podcast which i think is so great is they they all crack their beer so they can hear it because it's an important part of the of coming up with a beer and then they pour it so captain we just want to share the whole experience with people captain yeah. why don't you go ahead and tell us what your beer kind of looks like on the pour well it is it is very very dark has a uh for has a nice head for a for a 12 percenter though and it's uh I mean, not, not not an overwhelmingly aggressive head, but it's there, and it seems to be it's not dissipating right away. Yeah. Now um, hold it up. Is it a brown head? Let's see. I'll show you here. Yeah, it's kind of that tan. Yeah. Tan it's looking little, mousse. It's, a, it's it's a, if it's it's a light brown. Yeah, I would say. Let's do that again. It's kind of it's kind of that. Uh, for me, if I see a beer that's poured like that, I know I'm gonna like it. Yeah. Like it just has that has that look to it. So. All right. Well, let's go ahead and give it. I'm all, and, I'm, and I'm, I should say, I'm also definitely getting some of the gingerbread notes oh, with, from oh, the nose. Okay. Sweet. All right. Let's go ahead and give it cheers. Cheers. Slancha, join, thank you for joining us. Come pie. Oh, man. So this this beer, so the Oscar Blues 1050, you just get that nice roasty caramely kind of smell on it. Yeah. It's, and it has a brown head. Yeah. It's got that deep tan head. I mean, I, I poured this. I mean, I poured this well. about maybe 10, 15 minutes ago, yeah. and it's still got a good amount of head on it, which is which is awesome. And you couldn't possibly see through it. Oh, yeah. It's, you know, it's engine oil black, which... Well, I think they're all, all three yeah, of I us mean, have black. Well, I mean, they're all going to... I would hope all Imperial Stouts. <laughs> Imperial <laughs> Stouts, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Black so, is beautiful. Exactly. So, <laughs> it's a nice... It's a nice big engine oil black one with a big head that kind of sticks you know if you move it around it kind of sticks kind of sticks to the glass a little mm-hmm, bit mm-hmm. so you get i don't know if that's what when you guys talk about sheeting i don't know if that's if that's what you guys talk, that's kind of what you meant like as you drink it it just kind of sheets and covers the glass yeah it gives a little, little or sheeting i've also heard uh, lacing lacing okay mm-hmm. that was the other thing you guys have mentioned but it is it's beautiful this is a Ten and a half percent beer, so that's where the name comes from. It's 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 ten fifty. The beer is ten fifty percent alcohol. Oh, okay. So, I didn't know that. Yeah, so it's a ten ten point five percent alcohol, and 
95 IBU. Not like one of those Arkansas 10.5. No. No, this uh, is, I would say this is more of a list. true 10.5. 10 yeah. So if I had this next to the 90 night, I could tell the difference. So when I was on, when I was on the Beer Avengers podcast about a month ago now, uh, we talked about the 90 night beer yeah. as being a, eh, not really a 10.5%, even though they label it as a 10.5. Well, it the just, Belgian babe was, she was choking a little bit on it. Well, it's a big old beer. So. We love it. Though. So this is a 95%, a 95, no, sorry, a 65 IBU beer. And one of the reasons that Oscar Blues has just jumped up in my world as more beer I want to drink of, on their website, they actually don't list the IBU. I had to download the their tech sheet or their sales sheet to find that. They have a little thing that you hover over and it gives my speech about perceived bitterness and IBUs, which I love it. (laughs) Okay, Josh, go ahead. Well, no, I mean, we we've heard it before and I'm sure the captain you've, I'm you've been around beer and you're more to beer than I am. So, you know, the, the IBU uh, conundrum, I would say. Well, I, I mean, I, I, I don't know that I do. I know that it is, it is directly related to the hop content, correct? Like the, 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 your, your, your most favorite beers, the, uh, the IPAs. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm joking. The IPAs generally have a much higher IBU, don't they? Right. Usually. But this is actually, so 65 IBUs, you can find some IPAs that run this same bitterness. Okay, but it's it's a it's more of a chemical analysis is the IBU, but it's not always what you perceive. So if you were to put a a an I, a IPA that's got this same bitterness or same IBU count, it's going to taste completely different because this is you don't perceive as much of the bitterness on the palate as you would when it comes to an IPA. Or like sometimes we talk about the alcohol of some spirits that we taste. And one will be 40, and the other one will say, oh, this has to be 45. And sure enough, it's 40 as well. Yeah. So it's perception that is the key to everything. Right. So when people say they don't like high IBU beers, but they like stouts, sometimes it's a it's a quandary because while it may be higher IBUs, you just don't perceive it. So like Founders and now Oscar Blues, have that discussion on their website when they talk about their IBUs. Like, well, this might be higher, but you won't realize it. And I, I just love, yeah. I just love that about it. So, well, Captain, have you ever had this beer before? The ten fifty? I, I think I have. I was. It's interesting you asked that because I was just looking it up. Because I definitely know that Oscar Blues, when I first started this journey towards like when craft beer just really started becoming widely available, and I know that the ten fifty. I think I, I might. The old Chub is the one I might have had first. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, And I probably had the 1050, but I was just looking on my untap. And the only one that I have registered there is the barrel age 1050. Okay. Uh, You know, it it seems that I must have had regular 1050 at some point or another, but the earliest I had the barrel age one was in uh, 2016. Okay. Yeah. Cause this, you know, Oscar blues, like you said, started in, in Oh two when craft beer was really kicking and they started yeah. out in Colorado, and they're another place like Evil Twin that has multiple brewery sites. So they have a brewery in Colorado, one in Austin, Texas, and then one in North Carolina as well. So they brew in multiple places, and then they will 
they distribute to all 50 states, which I thought was really cool. So you may have had it at some point because the 1050 came out in 07. But it's very. It seems very likely yeah. that I have. But yeah, I've had the barrel aged ten fifty. I've had the old chub. I've had death by coconut. Mm. Uh, oh, the Gnite is a really good one. Also, the, mm-hmm. the red ale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one. And and I don't even remember this one. But apparently, in two thousand fifteen, I had one uh, coffee stout from them called Bolivia Newton John. <laughs> they're they're one of the wow. ones that. Um, <laughs> so, on on uh, the Beer Avengers podcast, one of the things they talk about is. I can't remember the name of the brewery that came out and just railed against craft beer. That's it's, like, okay. That, that's also interesting because the guy who did that also is in a little more hot water over the, uh, controversy over, uh, sexism in the craft beer industry. Mm-hmm. His name is yeah, your Sean pod- Hill. Yeah. Your podcast that's, uh, just now posted. You were talking about that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, it just happened. The, the, I mean, this, this all, I mean, obviously it's a trend that's been going on, but the, as far as this new, movement that exploded started on May 11th mm. and Sean Hill from Hill Farmstead, the one you're talking about, his, his, his name has come up a few times in that discussion as well. Uh, mm. Well, neither discretion is really uh, one that you want your name involved no. with on the wrong side. So what he, what he talks about is that, Oh, we make beer that tastes like beer and right. you know, come on, man. I don't know what he would think of Oscar blues. Because they make like this is a beer that tastes like beer to wow. me. I mean, it t- it's got that big strong coffee note. It's got it's got all the elements of a stout. That coffee, that rich malt, the that delicious flavor of all the roasted malts, and it's got a little bit of that creaminess because it it says it's got oatmeal in it. So it goes and it tastes like you would want an imperial stout to taste like. So I think the uh, the guy over there. Probably would, while he may uh, he may rail against Oscar Blues in general, he can't rail against this beer. Yeah, well, and and he, yeah, there are many people who fit into that that category. Uh, but the one who specifically responded to it was uh, the guy who runs Evil Twin. So mm-hmm. having an Evil Twin here that is uh, has some interesting adjuncts. But the thing is, this wouldn't be good. It wouldn't be as good if it didn't have a really solid Imperial Stout base. Right. And I didn't mention all the extra things it says it has in it. Uh, to make the gingerbread, is it with the gingerbread, cardamom, molasses, tutti frutti, which I'm not sure I taste, mm. <laughs> and ginger. <laughs> yeah. All those things are in this. Oh, that's cool. So now, what does a real beer taste like? In the South, it tastes like Bud Light, doesn't well, it? That's the no. that's the thing. <laughs> that's the problem we have. I don't know. Well, yeah, I mean, that when, when problem, people first Captain. start, well, yeah, I also feel like the first time people ever started complaining about oh i want a beer that tastes like beer they were more often than not complaining about fruit beers correct I think okay uh, yeah i i don't want a pie i want a beer you know that kind of a thing i feel, I, I feel like I, I have a vague recollection of dennis leary doing extended bit about <laughs> like sam adams cherry wheat or something like mm-hmm. that okay i can i can see that but i think I would say it probably led to the whole style of beer that you're drinking because you have that's considered a pa- imperial pastry stout. Is that right? No, I it's they they don't call it that. Um, okay. They definitely have things that they use that word with. I mean, yeah, I, I feel like pastry ones are more ones that are like really load on the chocolate and the peanut butter and all of this. I uh, this hmm. You know, yeah, it does not. They, they they specifically call it imperial stout, not okay. imperial pastry stout. Right. And what's interesting is their evil twin has really jumped onto the whole uh, hard seltzer 
thing. Oh. And they definitely have some seltzers that they refer to as pastry seltzers. Oh, okay. 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 So they, they do use that term sometimes. They didn't use it with this one, but uh, like, but you're right. If you're making something with Oreos or uh, mm. something like that. Lucky Charms. I've had yeah, a couple with Lucky seen Charms. That too, those yeah. of things. So dad, let's talk about this beer for a little bit. So what are you getting out of it? And I've seen you snack a little bit and kind of. No, I hadn't snacked. Oh, yet. you haven't snacked no, yet? No, I've just been nosing the beer and. Well, I've been eating You know, cheese. there's a, there's a lot of good, you know, that good stout, smoky, heavy smells. And then the, you know, the head, I just love that. I mean, like you said, anytime you see a head like that, you're going to like it. I know, I know I'm going to like the beer. Right. It's like with uh, Beer Wonder. If he ever sees a hazy green beer, he knows he's probably going to like it. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Well, and I don't, you know, we're talking about the IBUs. I don't perceive the 67. It seems to me it's like it's lower. Right. You know, because I There's think. Not a lot of bitter. Right. Not a lot of bitterness. And we're talking back to like other beers that we've had. I think the beer that you brought back from Montana, that juicy pale ale, mm-hmm. I think it was 57. Mm-hmm. And this is higher than that, but it's a Anyway, I'm going to get but off this on beer my, has a lot of sweetness again. with it. Yeah. And I'm looking at those pairings. Should we start with a cheese or you did some, so you I did th- some chocolate. You, you can really, with this, you can really go any way you want because it's really dark chocolate Mm -hmm. so both of these chocolates are part of Ghirardelli's intense dark line which i think means it's at like 78 percent cacao which is way up there for 70 and above i would think yeah yeah 70 and above is going to be dark chocolate considered dark chocolate so no so the ones that are in the individual squares are have like little dried freeze-dried raspberry pieces in it okay and then the other ones have little bits of caramel running through them and so I got the caramel because the caramel, I think, would go with the, the caramely nature and the sweetness and the roastiness of the beer. And then raspberry is the chocolatey aspect of the beer. Mm-hmm. Would go, which I mean, chocolate and raspberry are, you know, matches made in heaven. And the cheddar is a pairing, is what I consider a salt pairing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Captain, have you, have, I don't know how much you've listened or how much you've talked about pairings. Do you know kind of what a salt pairing is when it comes to food and I alcohol? mean something that's a little more a little more savory. Obviously, it has a yeah. I guess I mean I'm I'm, I'm I don't. It sounds like it's almost what I'm going to say is to like something salty, right? Right. Yeah. So what okay. you what you start there. <laughs> so yeah, I mean it. Yeah. yeah. So what it is is it's something that has like you notice a salt characteristic and that it's going to add saltiness to your to whatever you're drinking to kind of enhance it that way. Mm. So your blue cheese would be a salt pairing with, there you go. Okay. with your beer there. So it would be like if you've had, you know, salt, like adding a little bit extra sea salt with chocolate, with chocolate desserts. So you have that salinity, okay. which heightens everything else that's going on in the beer or whatever. Well, that, whatever honestly, the blue cheese specifically is what, cause I've, I've always like, every time I've been to a tasting at a story of beer and cheese, cause when the before times, they would weekly have these brewery come in and have a bunch of tastings and they would put some cheeses out and it would always be the Cambazola or some other blue cheese that they would pair with the stouts. Yeah. Right. Yeah, would it. you say the, the bacon qualifies as a salt pairing as well? Yes, but that is also a, f- a fat pairing because okay. it's, because it's jowl bacon. It's going to have a lot more guanciale for other people. Um, it's going to mm-hmm. have more of that really silky smooth fat. 
that's going to go with it. And that's what's going to pair more. I, I would think that's going to what's pair more with the beer for that specific one. If it was regular bacon, it may be a little bit more of a salt pairing. Right. Okay. So, Dad, what do you well what do you with think the so far? with the raspberry chocolate and the beer? You know, the chocolate and the beer are the pretty much a same same pairing, a like like pairing. Yeah. yeah. But with the raspberry, what it's doing is drawing out more of the sweetness of this beer. You know, it doesn't when you first start tasting it. This beer doesn't seem like it's that sweet, and then it starts. You start picking up those sweet notes, and especially with this chocolate and the raspberry. What are you getting? So, for me, the the intense that darkness of the chocolate brings up more of the espresso bitter qualities. So, to me, it tastes more bitter, yeah, but then it has these like little pops of pops of brightness mm-hmm. that just kind of come through, which mm-hmm. is the raspberry, and then. With the raspberry, you're getting more of that chocolate and kind of almost a little caramely aspect, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which kind of pumps up. It almost it makes me think of like if you had if you would have put Chambord in a Cafe Correcto. Remember oh, when we okay. did the yeah. Uh-huh. So when we did two weeks ago when we did orange liqueurs, I did a Cafe Correcto, which is espresso and alcohol, some kind of liqueur. So it kind of makes me think of what it would be like if you were to use Chambord or some kind of raspberry liqueur right. in that. Because you get that mm-hmm. nice, bitter mm-hmm. smoothness of an espresso mm-hmm. with a with that just pop of bright mm-hmm. raspberry, which kind of lifts which kind of lifts it up. And, you know, as in my musical terms, kind of gives it that high, those top notes for the chord. Yeah. So the cheese, the saltiness. Uh-huh. Are you getting more salt from the beer with the cheese? I'm gonna have to go back to it because I just ate a piece of caramel chocolate. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I I really don't get. I get the cheese, which has the the fat of the cheese and the saltiness of the cheese, but right. I don't really get that much saltiness of the beer. Yeah. So this this cheese, which if you go down to it, I'm sure you can find something like this down at your Astoria Beer and Cheese because it sounds like an amazing cheese shop and beer mm-hmm. shop. Well, and a beer shop, yeah. But if you can, like any old age cheddar, and I'm sure you can find a good English cheddar, they're always a little bit more salty. Like this almost feels like it has like salt crystals in it. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Kind of as it's going Yes, through. I've had some cheddars like that. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's, like, where it's almost like a little uh, like grainy, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Yeah. It's like one of those. Yeah. yeah. So it comes through and then you have that earthy umaminess from the, from the cheese as well. And then I get, I get some of the, the back end of the beer with the cheese, you know, with that back end, it seems like I've got some more earthiness coming out because of that cheese, just kind of on the back end of the beer and the cheese together. Right. I mean, there's earthiness in this beer just, just because of what it is. Yeah. 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 I was almost surprised to hear that you said that the, the, I'll, I'll have to try it myself that the, you're, that it brings out a sweetness and the old Rasputin, because that's at, at, when I'm really not looking for an overly sweet beer. Old Rasputin is one of the beers that I crave mm-hmm, right. <laughs> because I, I find that like our uh, my palate, it's it's more not really season based. Some people are very season based on their palate. Mm-hmm. I like stouts all year round, but I find that sometimes lately the proliferation of pastry stouts and lots of the sweet adjuncts, mm-hmm. I find myself craving more of the strict savory ones like Old Rasputin. 
Right. See, this is the problem we have in Arkansas. <laughs> you go to the liquor store this time of year, and you may be able to find two, three, maybe four stout. That's not limited to Arkansas, unfortunately. Yeah, well, it's... It, it's just that, and I, I preach to the choir when I'm talking to the to the, you know the. Beer. Captain Porter Brown Stout. <laughs> well, no, just the, the 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 wine and spirits that we go to. It's like, come yeah. on, I drink stout all year round, and then Me I'm too. walking in there trying to find your beer, and it's like, Evil Twins decided they don't like Arkansas. Yeah, they they, they left. They us. pulled out of Arkansas. They pulled out. Huh? They're no longer. Well, well, I I think that was I a have, distributor. I so. have to understand. Well, I think I understand their situation. We got a bunch of good old boys in Arkansas that they're going to drink their Bud Light, their Miller Light, and they're not going to go to Evil Twin, and they're not going to go to Old Rasputin, you know. And that's a sad I, I thing. Mean, I, you know, a sick a thirty pack of Miller Light or Bud Light. What's it sell for? Twelve dollars. You know, not, not quite that cheap. <laughs> and then you go to get a good beer, a good six pack, and you're paying twelve dollars. So where's the money? Well, it's uh, and that's the problem. It's it's yeah. I, I haven't even I, some of this stuff. I, I twelve dollars for a six pack of something I really like would be a bargain sometimes. Yeah, uh, that's, just, that's it's, very it's, true. It's Us almost too. like it's not even the same. It's 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 almost like it's it's unfair to compare microbrew prices to macro brew brew prices. Exactly, it's, you, it is. You get what you pay for, right? But I also, the evil twin thing also might be a thing with distribution and like how much they're able to do and where they're brewing. Because evil twin uh, used to be, I think, you know, what we used to call gypsy brewing. Now I think we're more calling either contract or itinerant brewing. Mm -hmm. Right. Is that evil twin does now have a home in Queen. I don't know if they're brewing out of other places. So it's, there's, there's entirely possible that when you were seeing them more in Arkansas, they might have been renting space from someone a little closer to Little Rock. Mm, well, and it's a lot harder for something to get from Ridgewood, Queens to Little Rock. So I think Evil Twin left Arkansas for a couple of reasons. I think one is kind of what my dad said. You know, the sales for all the stuff that they were throwing into the state, it wasn't selling well. Mm -hmm. And the distributor probably decided, nah, we we don't need to hold this many beer skews. The other thing that I, the other thing that I think I got that got them was their ABV. I, okay. I think there, I think it may be a distributing issue when it comes to ABV because we talked, like I talked with Captain about this on their podcast that I was on. You talked to the doctor <laughs> about this in your latest uh, podcast that dropped. Yeah, because there's similar things that happen in Ohio, right? Yeah, so I, I, I don't know if. Because their AB, a lot of their beers run very high ABV. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they can be distributed by beer distributors. Because in Arkansas, in, in Arkansas, because of the way our laws are written, and or are you know our taxes are insane. But I love our taxes because they pay my salary. As a as a teacher, they pay my salary, so I'm okay with that. But I think that may have been one of the reasons is they kind of looked at that was because I, I don't know if that 12% beer that you have, Captain, could be considered a beer for a distributor. It may have to be a malt beverage 
which if they were part of somebody's beer uh, portfolio, then they'd have to move to a different distributor. And then they're just like, why are we going to do this for selling maybe, you know, maybe a small amount of beer? Why can't, why don't we just, you know, bring it closer to home where somebody like, why don't we just send it to Texas or why don't we just send it to Louisiana or Tennessee to where we're going to get more traction on it? I mean, but this is just me as Debbie Downer when it comes to <laughs> stouts and everything. But it's. I also it's think since thing. I'm getting mine direct from the brewery, there's definitely stuff that even if there were more distribution in Arkansas, mm. I get beers that probably don't get out of New York City. Oh, New yeah. York State even. Right. Yeah, I I, right. I don't think they would distribute that beer out the one you have outside of. You probably yeah, and and, and 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 so, but but you're, you're I think you're absolutely right about it's the ABV. Not whether you get it at all, but limits which ones you get from them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and and so they're thinking, well, if we can only bring in hipster and our and our seltzers, uh-huh. why would we pay for that when we can take that same amount that we would send to Arkansas and send it elsewhere and get it for cheaper, right? Or in you know make more make more profit off of it. So it's a it's an interesting thing, and you know. The laws aren't going to change for probably another 20 years because we have too many. We don't have enough young people running for things. Now, Captain, did you know that Arkansas has wet and dry counties? Yes. Josh was telling me that uh, on our show. It it didn't surprise me. I spent a little time in the South. Yeah. I I lived in uh, when I was. Oh, well, I have a lot of family from Texas. Uh, I also, in my early years, I spent. I lived in uh, Alabama for about a year. Oh, okay. I, uh, I worked okay. at a theater in uh, Memphis. Yeah, from like oh, it's like eighty nine, ninety. So going way back. And the but, person yeah, so that I'm... owns the liquor store across the county line oh, God. lives in the dry county. <laughs> county county yeah. line liquor stores, man. They are. Well, I also thing. grew up, as you know, from listening to that show in uh, in in Dayton. Um, which is about an hour north of Cincinnati. Yeah. And Cincinnati has all kinds of crazy laws mm-hmm. about restricting people for things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So not surprisingly, them being right on the border of Kentucky, you know, you there's a lot of there's a lot of those those needs being fulfilled in Covington. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. oh yeah. I mean it's like I think is West Memphis wet? Or is West it, Memphis? Yeah. Or is it dry? It's dry. It's dr- really. Yeah. So, I mean, it's the same thing with West Memphis and Memphis, you know. Yeah. You just drive over the, well, now only one bridge after that. Yeah. Have you heard about that? Since you I, I may be a little behind on that. So, they found a, one of the beams had cracked all the way through on the I-40 bridge. And they found it, what, la- two weeks ago? Yeah. And, and had to, tw- like, stop traffic in from 20- crossing yeah. on 40. And in 2019... They knew about it. <laughs> they so that guy got it. fired. <laughs> so yeah. was, so they had to close. De- they had to close down the I forty bridge. So for anybody in the United States, if you understand, think of your one major highway that goes from state to state, and it's the only thing that you. It's one of two things that you can cross, and you went from having eight lanes crossing a river to two. Because I mean, Captain, you're, I know you you know this from living in Memphis. You have the 55 bridge and you have the 40 bridge to get you over the river. And that the, sounds right. Yeah, 50, uh, like I said, it's been it's been like 30 years, but yeah, yeah. Right. The, the 55 bridge is you know two lane two lanes each way. It's the sketchy one that's right next to the right next to the train bridge. 
Right. And, and I think the, here we had a similar thing going on with the Tappan Zee Bridge for a while. Yeah. Oh, okay. Which I think now might be the uh, Mario Cuomo Bridge, which I'm sure has nothing to do with the fact that his <laughs> son was the governor when it was named. Yeah, well, of course not. Of course not. You know, that's that's not a real thing in America. So, Josh, what did you get the, with the caramel? Uh, so, with the caramel, it really hit more of those chocolate notes. Yeah. I got that chocolate, that nice roasty caramel with it. I don't know. I just love chocolate and caramel anyway, personally. Right. And it just pulled those same elements out of the beer, which I think is just fantastic. It's really a good beer. It is. It's hard to find. I actually had to buy it from a, a beer emporium here in town. Oh, really? I had to buy it from Flying Saucer. Oh, Because really? no liquor store had it. But they still had it. See in- what we go through? <laughs> <laughs> Now, is uh, is Tavor allowed to deliver to Arkansas? You know, you mentioned that, you looked into and that? I, ha- I actually haven't looked into it yet. And it's okay. Ta- T-A-V- oh, you are. Tavor. Yeah, I'm going to have to look into that. Because I know that, like, I, I, I was giving uh, coupon codes to my, my friend, uh, well, as you know him, the incredulous bulk, or Dr. Beernerd. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Uh, I he was looking into ordering from from them, and uh, sure enough, you can't order it in Ohio, because they're, they want everyone to buy strictly local. Well, I Unless know, you have a middleman that where they get a piece of it, I guess. Well, yeah. I know if we try to order wine from California, Sonoma, or Napa, and you get down to the order form and you're ready to push the button, you get this, you know, South Southwest Airlines X. No, we don't go to Arkansas. See, but there is a loophole to that. Well, I know. We have a loophole. If well, it's a wine club? so yes ish you have to if you order it from the winery well from the winery quote unquote or at the winery and it runs through their machine it's so weird and it runs through their machine at the winery then they can send it to you well right but that Mm. means i have to go to california or wherever yes or you know, make a particular phone call and they decide to run it and they're nice enough to run it through all right. a particular way. But it's uh it's a it's an interesting world here in Arkansas trying to ship beer to us. But positive of COVID for us was Yeah, this is this our, is pretty cool, uh, Captain. You ought to listen. So our our um our restaurants could not sell to go alcohol, even if it was closed. Now, there was a loophole where if it was, it had to be opened on, if it was from an on-premise place, it had to be opened and then reclosed. So, like, when I worked at a wine bar, I could open a bottle of wine and put the cork back in. And you could take a and sip. And you could, well, and you could walk, well technically, you had to have some removed. You were supposed to take a sip out of it. But, so, yeah. but that left beer and beer and spirits, you know, up a paddle without a creek. Up a creek without a paddle. But no, because of well, but know. because of COVID, they opened it up to where our restaurants could sell to go alcohol as long as it was closed container. So well, did you have similar thing food, here though? No. Yeah. So they they kind of changed the game there, and also our liquor stores could not deliver to our houses because it would be shipping of alcohol, quote unquote. But then that got changed yeah, as because well because of COVID. Yeah. Because of COVID. So, so hopefully these things are going to continue to stay for us. So oh, they can, made it a law. Yeah, but they can just unmake the law as quickly well, as they make it. 
they they made that law and then they made all these LGBT laws and they made all these you can't vote laws and it's like at least they made one that I like. But, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so it's a positive for us from COVID. And so it was nice. I was actually able to find this beer at one of our local beer halls. It's called Flying Saucer. And okay. was able to get a little to-go six-pack and, and bring it home to have it for the podcast. Have you heard of Flying Saucer? I have not, no. Well, What's Flying the name of the, of the of the? They're not, they're not a brewery. Are they a brewery or are they a? No, no, it's it's one of these tap emporiums. Okay. And they have maybe 99 taps or whatever. Oh, so it's uh, mostly uh, growlers and howlers? Well, what they... And what, crowlers? What not they do go. as well is you go in, you drink five, you can drink five beers a night. Well, you can drink as many as you want, but if you're part of the UF club, UFO club, only three count. Okay, they call it UFO. Okay. You can drink three, and then they chalk it up. And when you get 2,000. 200. Oh, okay. 200. (laughs) You get a plate that goes on the wall with your name on it. A flying saucer plate that goes on the wall. And it has to be 200 individual distinct beers. So you can't just drink the same one over and over. You may have listened to our show enough to hear us talk about a place called the Pony Bar. Yes, uh, absolutely. It, it does used a... to be up on uh, 45th and 10th, uh, and they have for a while they had two locations. Now they're just the second location at 75th and 1st. But yeah, they had a deal where it was like, okay, you you uh, you drink 100 unique pours, you get a special shirt. A shirt they don't sell, mm-hmm. you have to earn that one, right. 300 pours. You have that, you have that shirt, I think. I have I have that and I have the next one I'm going to okay. mention as well. Yeah. The the number 420 is very important to the Pony Bar. Okay. Uh, we all know the significance of of that number. So uh, that's Elon when they're happy out. Mu- Elon Musk knows that number too. <laughs> that's what I hear. Yeah. Except um, ex- I think he still fired people for using it. Anyway, that's yeah, that's yeah. something. Yeah, that's the, yes. Yeah. However, so anyway, uh, so their happy hours at 420, and their next premium is is 420. If you drink 420 individual different beers. You get uh, a hoodie that, again, it has like, you know, it's, it has the logo on it. And then like right under the neck, it says 420 on the back there. Mm. Uh, their next one is a thousand. And I haven't reached there yet. Uh, partly because from the time I start, first started going to the Pony Bar, the time they started offering that premium, there were so many more places you could go for craft beer. Right. Oh, yeah. And it was like when, when they first opened, it was a really great place for all of us from different neighborhoods to meet because it was kind of centrally located. Mm-hmm. Now it's, uh, we love going there still, but it's hard. It's going to be a lot harder to get to a thousand. Well, I yeah. think I saw a picture on Instagram with you and Bill Wonder at the Beer Wonder. Yeah. yeah. That's Beer right. Wonder, and that was the first time I'd, we'd, the first time we'd been there in over a year. Yeah. Well, next time, yeah, next time we go up to New York, we'll all have to meet up at the, at the pony bar. Well, absolutely. Absolutely. Got to check it out. But yeah, the flying, the flying saucer does that. So every 200 unique pours, you get us, you get a plate. They also they also throw you a party called your plate your plate party, and you get a hundred and a hundred dollar like tab voucher, voucher yeah. for your for your party, and then you can keep going around the ring. So every every two hundred beers you get a plate party. Now, I think and there's some a, guy that has like twenty a beer dad. His yeah. name they call him beer, beer dad. dad. He's got like twenty twenty eight I think times no. around. But so as you as you go as you go up. Once you hit like five times around, they when you 
you start getting extra like gifts as as you yeah. make your plate. I think plate seven, you get a handmade true German beer stein as part of your stuff. So they they actually like they make it worth your while, but you have to you really have to go. Like you have to consistently go to really kind of make it worth it. Now it's free to join. And so anytime you go, it, oh yeah, free to join. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but but the shortest, I think we calculated that the shortest you can do it, like if you go every day and have and three, three beers, day. it's like seven and a half 67. months. 67 individual nights. Yeah. Wait a minute. My, my, no. my math. Oh, watch him. He's math. So He's a math major. I just, I'm good at threes. <laughs> uh, yeah, because 201 is, is 67 times three. Yeah. Okay. So 67 days, that's what, two two months and a week? A little more than two months uh-huh. if you're really, yeah. if you don't, if you never skip a day. Or are they is are they closed any days? They're the actually they open dark? every day of the week. Well, okay. So, yeah. So it's, it's a lot of fun. But like you said, it's kind of that place for us here in central Arkansas that's not yeah. a brewery. And they have a whole bunch of beers. They have craft beers. And as they have it, they have C... PHT beers as well. So they have craft beers and they have crap beers. So anybody can go in and get, they have food. So it's, it's I a think nice, you have to end up drinking some craft craft beers. You to don't get ha- it. Well, uh, <laughs> no, you actually don't. Oh, okay. you may have to drink beers you don't like. Well, right. or you may have to drink bombers or seven fifties. Oh, that's right. To they get to your 200. W- depending count on, as one. Depending on how, yeah, they only count as one. <laughs> depending on how, how much you go. Uh, but it's a good time. So I think we're going to, we're going to switch over here. So dad, remind us real quick, cause we've been having a great conversation. Right. What's your beer? And then what are your pairings that we have? So I have with? the old Rasputin Russian Imperial style. I have, I call them my Kansas city style rib. And then I have these grill s'mores. And I don't know if the captain can see this. No, I just showed them up. Oh, did you? <laughs> all right, all right. So, Captain, yeah, it looks are quite you, beautiful. Are you yeah. a barbecue guy? Uh, I off and on, off and on. There's a there's a place uh, here that I go to uh, with some frequency. Actually, it was, it was on the uh, the Belgian Babe's uh, birthday mm-hmm. called John Brown's Barbecue, which specializes in Kansas City barbecue. Oh, we're gonna have to uh, go there. They did briefly have a second location that also specialized in Texas barbecue, but unfortunately. One of the locations that are close, so they're all they're all the Kansas City one, but but that's very good. So, but I am I'm agnostic as far as which style of barbecue I like the best. Mm-hmm. Um, I I do think I know this I think is a Carolina. The different different Carolinas have different things. There were one of them is more don't say uh, vinegar. sugar based. Don't say vinegar, please. One is, is it vinegar and mustard are the two oh. different ones. Yes, vinegar vinegar. Okay, and mustard. I know. I think I honestly I think I'm more mustard, even though I I like I like vinegar on my French fries. Okay. So when I when I lived always in, enjoyed malt malt vinegar. When I lived in Kentucky, one of the guys that I worked with, he says, "Hey, I'm going to bring some some uh, barbecue up. Who who wants it?" And I said, "Man, I I do." And so here he comes with this vinegar based, and I don't think it was vinegar and mustard, but it was vinegar based barbecue. And it's like, oh no, I <laughs> ate it. <laughs> so does that and mean I never I, ordered anymore? Does that mean you're kind of more of a, a a pork butt, pork sandwich kind of guy. Like when you go for a barbecue or what do you, Oh, for you, me? Yeah. You know, I, 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 I really always enjoy good brisket. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, yeah, I think I'm. I think I'm more of a cow than a pig person. Although I, uh, I've, I've I've had some pig that uh, that I've enjoyed very much. Yeah, it's funny for me to say that since I just had a bacon sandwich. Uh, but uh, did but you yeah, already? Yeah, like, uh, Are you oh, finished yeah. with it? Oh yeah, he he smashed that sandwich. I, I haven't eaten much today. I'm sorry. Was I supposed to like? No, you don't have I'm to. Sorry. Wait. This, this no, is a, it's open this season. Is an East Coast. We laugh about that, uh, and it's open season. But you know, what are you going to talk about when it comes your turn? Well, I got, I've, I've got, I've got plenty of the cake left. Oh, okay. He's got plenty <laughs> of chocolate mousse cake. Got plenty of beer and cake left. So yeah, and and I am noticing similar to what you were talking about about the uh, the the sugary the the chocolatey stuff really mm-hmm. bringing out the the sweetness of, yeah, of this. Yeah. I mean, when I said it wasn't a full-on pastry, obviously it is a. It is based on. There's something about the molasses and ginger profile coming up oh, that sort yeah. of. Uh, yeah, I love that. Makes it less sugary sweet. That's yeah. right. Gives it that earthy undertone. Yeah, more like what, what you'd say. With I guess probably a similar profile to your dark chocolates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah. And then, or right. if like you had a chili, like if you had a chili chocolate, because that spiciness from yeah. the ginger. I have generally, I've liked ribs. I've, I've had them. I, uh, I like the ones that are meatier than others because I've definitely occasionally had ribs or like, this is a lot of work for something that's mostly bone. Right. It depends on which ribs you buy. Yeah. yeah. You know, short ribs or beef ribs. We always get baby back ribs. Which is different than okay. spare, which is different than spare ribs, which is which different is than different. St. Louis ribs. Exactly. That's the that's thing. There's too many box. ribs <laughs> to choose from. And if you don't know your ribs, you'll choose one and you'll go, oh, that's, oh, and I cooked that for three hours or for six hours. <laughs> and it's like, hmm. But so, so, so we're switching over, we're switching over the old Rasputin. And as I'm smelling it, I'm actually smelling, this may just be weird, a little bit more of a hop profile on it. So the hops is 75. The hops are the IBUs. The IBUs okay. is 75. But I just get the, a little bit more of that kind of... The ABV flavor. is only nine. So your beer was more. The captain's beer is more. I'm only 9%. Well, yeah, I'm just I'm just saying. 9% it, it just, is very respectable. <laughs> yeah. It's only oh, 9%. Yeah, only 9%. It's not like it. It, it's, it brings me back again thinking about how you were talking about how, you know, when you see it and when you don't see mm-hmm. the uh, old dress sputing around... The fact that you guys haven't been seeing the evil twins. Yeah. I uh, I find distribution can be really spotty all over the place because there's one like have you guys ever seen the uh, the anything by Great Divide in Colorado? No, no, they we don't distribute. They don't distribute to Arkansas, but we've had it when we, when we lived in Colorado. Ski, no, when we did a ski trip in Colorado. Well, that's true. So, have you ever had any of the versions of the Yeti? Yes, yes. we've had two. We've had two uh, that's versions. One of that my were in the very favorites. Yes. Yes. One of my very favorites, and we used to get it here all the time, and it hasn't lately. And I, because I, I don't know if that has to do with it, like in the pandemic, if they've got a lot more local demand for it, or you know, because now see everybody's going to blame everything on the pandemic. Well, I, we're I, not I think, it, I think there's a lot to blame because on of it. the pandemic. I, but well, but okay, if you want to go back to what Josh was saying before about the positives about that, is there are a lot of breweries here that didn't go much beyond their zone, but because now they're not getting local traffic in their brew pub, we're seeing their beers on the shelves. Like I had a Long Island uh, brewery a couple weeks ago. Okay. I'd never seen here. They've been around for five years, but it took the pandemic to sell it in New York. How's the Brooklyn brewery doing? Brooklyn brewery is is doing really well. I uh, haven't had any of those in a a little while. Um, The Brooklyn Brown was one of my very first ever uh, craft beers I had. That's a good beer. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's a really good one. Um, every year they come out with their black chocolate stout, mm. which is mm-hmm. really fantastic. Well, so I think yeah, I, I think part of the distributing issue is also just a straight up production issue because uh-huh. if you're not allowed to have your workers come into brew you're just not going to have the volume to send out so you may have to tell distributors hey i'm sorry we 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 don't have we literally don't have any to send and with these limited edition limited run seasonal beers there are more intensive beers to make they're not going to make them as much or even like with you know if, if you can't get the malts if you can't get you know munich malt shipped in right or you can't get right. your malt shipped in from wherever it's grown i think we've seen this with diamond bear we're not seeing our local yeah yeah we're not seeing those beers so it's a you know it's it's a whole it's a as they say in a lot of things it's a supply chain issue and what was the book dad that talked about the global supply chain the amazing travels of the the, the t-shirt yeah it it talks about how you know a single t-shirt can hit like five different continents and it's just in its supply chain level just because it goes all over the world in a in a full global economy and when that global economy clamps down to be a local economy you know you'll go down to the caribbean and you'll see a guy wearing a kansas city chiefs t-shirt it's like wait a minute how'd you get that (laughs) well it's it just made it all the way down there. Exactly. Exactly. So, but this beer, you know, Captain, like you you mentioned earlier, the Old Rasputin is a little bit more, it's a bitter Imperial Stout. I get definitely more bitterness on this than I do the 1050 or than I expect that I would off that gingerbread stout, partly because of that alcohol level. Because one of the things that makes Imperial Stouts, for those of you who are listening, an imperial stout is just that it's stronger so that that idea of a strong stout or a strong porter is kind of where where we get this from and a little bit of the history when it comes to the imperial piece back in britain one of the places they would export beer to would be russia and they needed to make a beer back Cat- in the 1800 before Catherine, there was Catherine, yeah Catherine the, the second. second yep before we could you know, we had all the refrigeration and everything. They had to make things that wouldn't spoil. And one of the things that protected it from spoiling was a higher alcohol. alcohol. So they made these higher alcohol beers to be shipped across the world right. or shipped elsewhere. And that's where we get the idea of the Imperial Stout because it could be shipped to the Empire right. and shipped also across for the Russians. Right. This is an interesting question because... or. I'm, yes, I just said I'm going to ask an interesting question. Uh, <laughs> the uh, interesting thing is this an interesting into my question? <laughs> it's, it might be an interesting question. Are you going to ask it? <laughs> because because the next obvious thing is that there's a parallel story to how India pale ales exactly. were made. Exactly. exactly. Why is it that the Russians got the stout and and the Indians got the pale ale? How is it that that was decided? Here's the thing. The Indians didn't get the pale ale. The British in India got the pale ale. Got it. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's kind of the main difference. And, you know, if you read a little bit about where porters come from, porters come from a lower class society beer. Like they want that big, hearty, health, more fulfilling beer. Whereas those in the higher societies didn't quite need it. Right. So they were drinking a little bit of a more refined or a bitter beer. 
And so then the Russians, because they want that, they want that hardier style or just because it was what they would send there. Cause it was the lower class beer. So they're going to ship that one off to Russia and they're going to deal with the, you know, the, the IPAs that are going there. And I think the pirates figured it out. They wanted rum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Prevent scurvy. <laughs> All that jazz. Yeah. But yeah, so it's a, it, this is a, I get, I get kind of a good balance of that, like bigger Imperial style, but also some of that really bittery coffee, yeah. coffee grind it, taste to it. It seems to be a lot chewier than your beer was. What do you and, mean by chewier? Well, it, it seems to be thicker to me. And I think that's because of maybe it's that perceived bitterness makes me want to chomp on it and i don't really get coffee out of it well i get that bitterness of coffee and so i just maybe not coffee but maybe chicory i get i get bitter and i've had chicory so i don't know if it was really the chicory that kind of but that super bitter not quite coffee but imitation kind of feel now i think that this is less viscous than the 1050 like this doesn't cover coat my mouth kind of as much as the Tin Pity did. The ribs go really well because of the pepper, the peppery bite mm-hmm. that comes to that kind of plays plays really well with the beer. Now, now, Captain, why don't you? Since I think you may have finished your beer already, tell us a little bit about kind of your beer and your pairings and kind of how how everything went with what you had. Well, it was uh, it was it was really interesting because I was switching back and forth between the beer. And uh, I sort of did half of the sandwich, then I went to the cake, then went back to the other half of the sandwich. And yeah, I definitely saw what you were talking about with the uh, with the with the salt portfolio bringing out more of the richness of of the beer, and then uh, and then the chocolate and the mousse it, it heightened the sweet quality. It almost like it mm-hmm. almost made the gingerbread beer taste kind of chocolatey. It was uh, just the the, the, sort of the really interesting the way the the flavors just sort of fed into each other that way. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's the fun thing about what we do with the pairings and stuff. It's just kind of how it, mm-hmm. how you would never think of one thing affecting another, and it just really kind of changes, changes everything. So while while my dad and I are getting into this beer and a little bit of the pairings, why don't you tell us like a little bit of how how you kind of got into beer, and then how you kind of got into your podcast, and then just tell our listeners a little bit about your podcast because it's a it's a really fun one. Oh, thanks. Well, I, uh, I, as I mentioned, my first real foray into into craft beer before I even had that word was when I moved to, I mean, I guess, go back even further, when I was living in uh, Orlando in the mid-90s. First time I, I was in a situation where I could afford good beer, and I wound up sort of more regularly drinking uh, some imports, because we, we I lived really near a an English Irish pub kind of place. Okay. And so it was always either Bass Ale. And then once I found Newcastle Brown, that mm-hmm. was the one that really got me. And it was like a, to a point where I liked it so much that it was, I felt like when I could only find Bass Ale, it seemed like a step down, but I still really enjoyed it a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is another thing about the way we're talking about how our palates evolve because I've, anytime over the last few years, I don't know if the, if it's, if they're not as good with their formulas or not, but the, the, neither one of those tastes quite as good uh, as they as they once did to me. But anyway, so that was the show where I got started. But when I moved to New York in 97, there was a grocery store I went to and I saw this thing called Brooklyn Brown. I'm like, well, that looks really interesting. Mm-hmm. And I just 
really loved that. But I would say over the next however many years, Brooklyn was the main one I would see. Mm-hmm. And I'd still drink more just, I would still be looking for things like bass. And uh, another one that uh, is popular is Smittix. Yeah. I uh, I don't mean to correct your, uh, well, I, I, uh, I, I, I meant to tell uh, you this. Oh! Oh, does this oh, this happen before? Has, did someone else? This is. Did someone else correct you? So I, I actually had Irish a, friend. I, I had an Irish friend on Facebook. Okay, fix my pronunciation. Well, <laughs> yeah, and I meant, I meant, I was. Oh, it's going to tell you that uh, off mic. Uh, but so, yeah, but you're fine. editing. You can cut it out if you want. Oh, so, but so you this no because when I heard you that I was like, hey. I think I, I I I but I honestly I would have probably done the same thing. If I didn't live in a city with Irish bartenders, the first time I ever had that beer, exactly. So I, I, yeah, so it's, yeah, it's Smittix, uh, and I I had that a lot here, uh, but it was it was I guess around 2012 2013 that the Pony Bar I first started going there, and that's when it sort of my eyes were opened about because they it was nice they had all sorts of beers that I'd never heard of, but they also had a really nice if you weren't. If you're if the price would scare you, they had a great deal where like basically everything on the menu is five dollars. They would have different size beers. Uh, They would have like it would be a nine ounce or a or a fourteen ounce or maybe it was eight and I think it was eight and fourteen. So if that a high ABV, it'd be an eight, but everything was five bucks. Mm. So you go there, and if you're trying to get get a T-shirt, you know you can spend and they'll you know they have a thing in New York where they call buybacks where you'll your third or fourth beer will wind up being free and. And, oh, and so nice. you get there, and so it, it, but it's it's low stakes enough kind of yeah. hobby to sort of get you get you hooked. Yeah. And at some point, a year or two into doing all this, where when I finally got all my friends to to come hang out, a, a friend said, listening to the two of us like talk about these various nuances about beers, said, "Yo, you should. This is a show. This is a show." You and then we like, ah ha ha, that's funny, whatever. Um, and then I guess it was about a year later. Or whatever, whatever the time frame is, I'm I'm losing track of all of this. In 2014, I think it was, there was a Queens Beer Week, and they were encouraging people to form teams, mostly to promote their beers or whatever. It was, okay, so we I, we're coming up with different names. And, well, let's just call ourselves the Beer Avengers. And so we started it as a Twitter handle, doing that back and forth, and it was over before we knew it. Yeah. And then a couple months later, uh, we had but we had we had that Twitter handle and we had that thing going. There was this thing called a the New York Beer uh, Passport. Okay, where they're like, oh, I'm gonna say like 35 different places, maybe maybe more than that, or maybe a little bit less. Mm-hmm. And it was if you went to any of these bars over the course of a three month period, once you bought that passport, you could get a free beer at any of them. So oh, Father so Brown, what did Father Brown go to all of them? <laughs> uh, well, Father Brown. Uh, was not here. Father Brown mm-hmm. is my father, uh, uh, but uh, we in fact we just christened him recently. Mm-hmm. No, he wasn't. He wasn't in New York at the time. Actually, he lives in Ohio. Oh, okay. But but I I did with uh, with Beer Wonder and uh, and and Hophead Huck and uh, Cider Girl, and we went to a lot of these places. Some of the ones I just went to by myself, but I wrote a blog entry for every single place we went to. Nice. And uh, and and that was kind of the end of that. But after that, we would always like refer to ourselves as the Beer Avengers and and go to these things. And at the beginning of the of the pandemic, fairly early on, we said we should have an online Beer Avengers meeting because everyone was doing their online cocktail hour, right? right. And so we would we would just still keep calling it that. And uh, I'm an actor, 
part of my dealing with everything that was happening was how do I keep myself busy when my occupation has gone away? Mm -hmm. Because there's no stage there. After a while, there was no film production, none of that. And I started to take some classes that were offered by my union about teaching you how to do voiceover things, basically how to turn your place into a home studio. Oh, yeah. okay. And, I, and so, I, and so I, I sort of got a, my first USB mic, and there were, there were some classes in Audacity. And so they're teaching you how to edit sound. I'm like, well, the only way I'm really going to learn this is if I create a project for myself. So I, I told Huck and, uh, and Beer Wonder, I said, would you guys be interested in doing this and seeing where it goes? And they said yes. And uh, I think that was a few months after you started yours. But this was, I think we, we released our first one in August of last year. Yeah. And now uh, we just recorded episode 35 a couple of days ago. That's fantastic. So yeah, what we, is, oh yeah. we started in July. Yeah, we started just right around July 4th. I think this will be 48. Something like, I can't even keep up anymore. What is your, what's your day job? It sounds like you, you've done some vocal, I you know, heard you mention that you worked with the theater. So kind of what's your, when you're, when you're not being a beer Avenger, what's kind of your day, your day gig? Well, up through March of 2020, my day gig was also an acting job. Oh. Uh, I, I worked at the Statue of Liberty playing the sculptor of the statue. Oh, oh wow. cool. It's basically sort of, yeah, it was sort of a, as a one person show disguised as a conversation. Yeah. So and, if, uh, so if so, any of our listeners have ever been to the Statue of Liberty, you may... Between 2005 and 2020, yeah. You may have experienced the wonder it is Captain Porter Brownstown. <laughs> Whoa. Well, that's really cool. <laughs> Using another assumed name, yeah. Uh, Frederick August, uh, uh, Frederick Auguste Bartholdi, or Bartholdi, as many people say. Uh, but the French pronunciation is Bartholdi. Right. And, and uh, yeah, so I would uh, basically, uh, I would approach people or figure out ways to get them to approach me. Because I think interactive theater is more interesting when people think it's their idea. Of course. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so get them to start talking to me. And I would say that I'd just gotten there from 1886, which is when the statue was first built. Um, and uh, I, I, well, basically, that, October 28th, 1886 was the day they celebrated the fact that it was finally finished. So I just said, well, I came here. We had a big celebration. Next thing you know, here I am talking to you. What do you want to know about the statue? And so I would just sit down at people's tables. We have this big outdoor eating area. So it's just dinner theater, you might say. Uh, so I just yeah. sit down with them at their table and I know I'd have a lot of prepared material, but it was sort of improvisational in nature in the sense that sure the shape of it or the length of the stories would all be dictated by people's uh, interest level, curiosity, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. time restraints, all that. So, so we'll see if, uh, we'll see if, if that job comes back and how much of that is still in my head after doing it for 15 years. <laughs> well, that's fantastic. That's yeah, a, it is. That's a, I mean, you guys are definitely a little bit more, I would say, on the professional development level, professionally pro pro produced, produced level. We're just faking us because, you know, as we sit here and eat and smack and all do, we just fake it, <laughs> do all that jazz. But that's, that's, that's really cool. That's really cool to know that kind of you came from the theater world and brought, brought what you know about beer and made a a wonderful thing for people to experience out of COVID. And I, I mean, I would say if there are listeners of ours who absolutely love beer and you want more kind of podcast stuff, definitely check out the beer Avengers because they have some great conversations. They have wonderful, 
wonderful beers that they pour. I mean, I just, I'm so jealous almost every time I listen to y'all's podcast because the beers, I'm just like, ugh. Right. Except for maybe Beer Wonders, because they're almost always IPAs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, oh, man, I wish I could have that. So I listened to the one um, a little bit ago that was right after the one that I was on, yeah, where yeah. Uh, Huck was all laid up, and he had uh, his first pour was Scrimshaw. Yes. The Scrimshaw again. From, from the same one as Old Rasputin. Right, from, from North Coast. And it was cool to hear y'all's kind of conversation around it of going back to a beer that you may not have picked to get picked before. Mm-hmm. And that was fun, but also to hear y'all's COVID your COVID experiences, because we here in the South have had very, very different COVID experiences. You know, okay. we, yeah. we have had restaurants since October yeah. of 2020. Now they were limited seating masks, Outdoor, Out, well, outdoor, all that. And one of the things that kind of came I mean, we've had we've had all of the things you just said since last summer, too. Yeah. Okay. Since summer of 2020. We just just nothing indoor for well, I think they briefly did. They took it away. And then a couple months ago, we brought it back again. Yeah. So right. we, we have it. We've had indoor since actually probably about the summer because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a teacher in oh, okay. school. Schools went back in August. In person. Okay. So I think restaurants came around the same time, but it was at a third capacity. So most of our places that could combated that by adding outdoor space. So in Arkansas, we don't have a whole, whole lot of outdoor space because you have a very small window of where outdoor space works. You have September, October, well, no, maybe not even September, October, November, and then you have March and April where it's comfortable to sit outside. And after that, it just gets way too hot. Like yeah, outside in the summer. I mean, August, August is death trying to sit outside. So well, a lot of places, a hundred degrees. For yeah. Sure. So a lot of places wouldn't have outdoor spaces because they would focus on the indoor spaces, but it, that was something that I think was really nice, but we were able to have those outdoor spaces and, you know, our, Nighty night, which we talked about, you know, their release party went from a beer festival to kind of pick up your beer or if you can get a table inside or outside eat. And it's really nice because our big beer festival, Little Rocktoberfest, just came out. They started selling tickets again. So that's going to be for us the first big beer festival that's coming back. And do you guys still have, do you guys have any? kind of beer festivals on the horizon up there in New York, or are they still kind of trying to wait and see what's happening? I wish I could answer that more clearly because I have a little bit of inside information. I'm not able to share yet. It's okay. You're a beer vendor. You have that inside information. <laughs> uh, I got, I really want to talk about it, but I, but that, that's something on a fairly small level, but uh, yeah, I haven't, I haven't heard of any, anyone committing to any yet. Yeah. Right. I, I have, it's all, it's gotta be only a matter of time. It's interesting because Belgian babe and I were going to go to one. Oh, we'd actually even bought tickets to it when everything shut down. Mm-hmm. I, I think, uh, it was February and we'd bought tickets to something in April. And of course that got canceled. This is, do you guys know, uh, Stout's Brewery in Pennsylvania? No, I've never heard of it. Yeah. I don't think they have incredibly wide distribution, but, uh, they've been around for quite a long time and it, it, they also factored heavily into, uh, my origin story and that of Belgian uh, babe, because uh, first time we ever went 
to the brewery itself was a they did a bus trip from Pony. Oh, oh really? It was so great. Yeah, it was <laughs> like something awesome. that Pony sponsored, <laughs> where you go to the Pony bar, uh, for whatever rate we paid, you get on the bus. There's beer on the bus. You get to Stout's Brewery. There's like all kinds of breweries there, and they're just doing tastings of like you know all sorts of things. And there's food, and there's live music, and then there's beer on the bus coming back as well. So it was great. That's amazing. And uh, in fact, I believe that Carol Stout is the was the now she's got a very, uh, may may have been the first American uh, woman uh, brewmaster. Mm. Oh, cool! I, I think she was a trailblazer in that sense. Yeah, there's a whole funny story there about how Ed Stout, the guy who gives the tour of the brewery, uh, that uh, the whole I, I think it was something where someone couldn't own both a restaurant and a brewery. Same thing so here. he owns the restaurant and his wife owns the brewery. <laughs> there, yeah, there are similar right. lo- there are similar kind of laws here, right, in Arkansas. But they had announced last year that uh, they were they were shutting down. Oh, they no. were they did spend a while trying to sell the brewery because they were ready to retire and they couldn't find a buyer, so they were shutting it down. So last April was going to be their last big festival, and uh, they had to cancel that. So I'm not I'm not sure what kind of limbo they're in right now. Oh my! <laughs> well, yeah. hopefully somebody will come in and at least do the festival. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that would be nice. You've got a great space for it. A nice little, a little send off for him. Well, great. So I think, Dad, is there anything else? So I'm, I'm well, just going to, I'm going to ask the captain. Have you ever been to North Coast? I haven't. Um, I. It's entirely possible that 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 Huck has because his uh, because Cider Girl. Uh, I think you know that he and Cider Girl are, are married, and yeah. she has family in California. Okay, and so. He went out there. The both of them went out there recently, and uh, and I know that they, it came up a lot on that the episode you're talking about yeah. about all the uh, the good they're doing for the community there. Uh, but I have not been there. I haven't been. I think the last time I was in California, I was in the L.A. area, and it was the summer of '97. Okay. Uh, but it was funny because uh, Huck and Cider Girl went to uh, a lot of the places around where I was born. Oh, really? I was born in Carmel, California. Oh, uh, Carmel. Spent the first few years of my life in uh, Pacific Grove. Oh, wow. Uh, so I saw a lot of, you know, I have a vague, like, the, like I, second grade was when we moved to Ohio. So I have a lot of really vague child recollections mm, yeah. of Monterey and Pacific right. Grove and Carmel and haven't really been back since. So, uh, so, you know, when travel opens up more, maybe I'll, maybe I'll finally get out there. I, well, I would yeah. love to visit North coast. I went there in August of 2012 and it's quite interesting. It's in Fort, Fort Bragg, California. California. And we were taking, my wife and I were taking a road trip because our daughter lived in San Francisco. So, you know, it's good beer. It really is. And yeah. they have so many to choose from. That's the really cool part too. North Coast for me is one of those be- one of those breweries that like because it's been around for so long and it's so well known, when I go to buy beer, I kinda forget about it. Mm-hmm. Like I kinda like, okay, what's new? What haven't I had before? Like oh old Rasputin, okay, yeah, that's great. It's it's delicious. Um uh, I I can get that whenever I want, so I'll go somewhere else, but like having this having this beer again, you pick it back up, kind of like Huck talked about. It's like, yeah, this is good beer. It's a solid. They're, it's a solid imperial I think they're style. All solid beers. Yeah, and it makes just makes good drinking, and it's delicious. When they're forty eight, the forty eight state. The funny thing for me since I started the podcast and since we've been drinking in our homes so much 
is that I have so much special beer in my refrigerator or the Captain Cellar or any of those the places. Captain Cellar, the Captain <laughs> Cellar. It's a catchy tune. Is that sometimes I'm really glad when I see something that I know is just very reliable and also really, really good. Mm-hmm. So so I can have that in the refrigerator. Like picking up a four pack of Old Rasputin is great because I can open this like, I don't know what I'm going to have. I'll have an Old Rasputin because right. I know that's right. great. Exactly. And very reliable. And I don't have to do a math problem, but okay, what am I saving for the show? And which ones am I saving for when the beer vendors can actually be in the same place together again? Exactly. I'm like, nope. Old Rasputin makes it very simple. So do you have a second pour tonight? Oh, I can do that if you want one. <laughs> well, I think, we haven't planned one. Well, I think. I mean, I don't, I don't know how long you want to go with this. Well, I think we're about to uh, jump into our blind for tonight. Oh, you're gonna blind. Okay, me? well, I'm, I'm going to go blind. ahead and get it, and if you want to hear a little bit about it, we can. But I, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to step oh, yeah. away. We'll, uh, we'll definitely hear about that. All but right. then Captain also has something special that he's got to announce for me tonight, because I, I was do. on the I was on the podcast. So do you get a beer avenger name? And he's going to. Uh, oh my I'm, god, he is. I think I, I I can't do this without without with an empty glass. So we'll, right. we'll go, definitely go get a second. Pour. <laughs> yeah, we'll get that yeah. pour going. Get it poured up. We enjoy doing the blind. We don't always get it, that's for sure. I was listening a little to uh, another podcast called Steal This Beer. They the blind is such an integral part of their show that they do every week that they even they got some special black glasses. Oh really? So no one can no one can use the color of it. Oh to, really? Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. Man, that would be tough. Yeah. I have enough trouble when I can see the color. <laughs> Yeah, I went to uh, Scotland and had some Scottish pours, and I forget where the, or what uh, distillery it was, and they did the same thing. They had the pours in black glasses. Yeah. It's like, oh my God, how do you get this? <laughs> it was tough. Well, this has been really fun to have you here. For me too. It's it's interesting because this beer that I, I had tentatively had as a second one because I didn't know we'd do it. Can, relates a little bit to a story you were telling a little while ago about your local distributors and the available of stuff you like. Right. And it also is thematically similar to the one I have, but I will wait to start that story until Josh is back. Because I don't know if, if he's not in the room, I don't know how much of this is real. He's not in the room yet. He's, yeah. He's trying to Cause get we, we actually do occasionally do that since there's three to four of us, there will be times when one of us will go away and come back and right. we won't even acknowledge right. it. Just <laughs> right. So your, your beer, Avenger podcast is really fun. I really enjoy oh, it. Oh, thanks a lot. Yeah. And of course, our connection is fantastic. Yes. Between the Belgian babe and my sister-in-law. Yeah. Yeah, I was very excited when she brought us that four-pack at Nighty Night. Yeah. That was it's a fun. nice little surprise. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, fun. Yeah, I guess she's been back a couple of times since then, but when she first that is, let us know when you're going back again so we can send them one. Yeah. But she didn't, didn't let us know in advance if that's happened. Well, all right. Josh has. Oh, look at this! Is that is that Bud Light? I've already given you Bud Light once. Oh my Looks gosh. like Chardonnay from here. It does. Uh, I've so one one week I blinded him on Bud Bud Light Platinum. That's very funny. <laughs> it was fantastic. So uh, so so John was talking earlier about how how hard it is to find a good stout this time of year. And I went to one of my local places. I don't want to speak ill of them, but let's just say it's not a story of beer and cheese, <laughs> but another place in my neighborhood that sometimes a year I can find great stuff there. And when it's not seasonal, it's some pretty slim picking. 
Yeah. But I went there a few weeks ago. Yeah. And they had one that I'm pretty sure was left over from December. Oh yeah. But since it's a but since it's an you know a high ABV thing that only improves it with age. Mm-hmm. And yeah. this is Hardy Woods from uh, they're from Virginia. I'm not sure what the actual city is. You may have heard me mention them. Uh, I need my reading glasses for this, but well, let's just say Virginia. Hardy Wood yeah. from Virginia. This is their Christmas morning beer. Oh, nice. Mm. Also having a gingerbread and some other wonderful flavor profiles in there. So let's. Oh, that's nice. There, there we go. go. Yeah. Yeah. I was walking around one of our. Enthusiastic there. I was walking around one of our local liquor stores and they had some of the Sierra Nevada Christmas beers. Like, I think they had like a. Uh, like a 2015 still hanging around. Wow. I was like, I might need to go buy that. Mm. <laughs> hanging well, around. It should have been easier for me to say. This is this is in Richmond, Virginia. Okay, cool. Okay. But yeah, it's got uh, uh, gingerbread, coffee beans, lots of fun stuff. Cool. Okay. Oh, so here is we go. Is it real also, dark? Uh, once again, okay. Uh, ginger, cinnamon, honey, vanilla, and coffee. So it's dark? It's milk stout. Hold it up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Oh yeah, dark beer. Yeah, that's a nice oh, dark nice. one. This is this is on brand for me. All right. <laughs> so um, so we're gonna go ahead and we'll do the. Uh, so we'll do we the... hadn't done best on plate. Do you want to do? Best oh on yeah, plate? we gotta talk about best on plate. Oh, man, okay. So best on plate from yours. Yeah. Was that smoke s'more? Really? That chocolate and the and the the creaminess of the marshmallow. I think just kind of lifted the beer a little bit. And kind of brought it to that nice, rich, formal imperial stout that I that I love and enjoy. Right. And then for my plate, it was the cheese. Yeah. That okay. English cheddar, the English cheddar, and the little bit of salt and that that earthiness just, I think, enhanced both the cheese and the beer for me. What about what about you? So, for me, the s'more, you know, that was an experiment. Right. And it was, you know, Captain, I know you've done some mores. I mean. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So this was grilled. And you're supposed to have the salt block on your grill. But I didn't have that. So I put it on a cedar plank and did it that way. So it was like smoked. So it's like, and smoked. Yes. And so I, I did it that way. And it got the smokiness and the and the big old marshmallow, she got smoked and sort of, sort of tan, not like you would do your s'more on the yeah. on the little stick mm-hmm. over the fire. And then best on plate for yours, Josh. I really enjoyed the cheese. Yeah, the cheese was great. Yeah, it was great. Just I mean that you can't you can't beat the chocolate. Well, yeah. I mean that raspberry chocolate, like I said, it brought out a lot of different sweetness that. I didn't perceive to begin with. Yeah, so that was that was lots of fun. So we're gonna go ahead and head into the blind. So Captain, we'll do the blind. Uh, we kind of listen to what my dad's gonna say. He's gonna figure out what it is. I'm gonna cheat. I'm gonna hope the captain can help me out. <laughs> and then you'll get to reveal my beer vendor name. I'm really Excellent. excited. So Dad, uh, what uh, what tasting sheet are you using this week? I'm using the deductive beer tasting method tasting grid like i always do all right i'll so, give you, you want a hint okay this will be on brand for one of the beer ventures okay 
I'm gonna say Go ahead and go through your grid. <laughs> Don't just jump in straight I'm into it. Say, Dear Wonder. <laughs> you are more than welcome to say that. So no, tell I'm, so talk us through so, it. So so the beer so the beer's color is like a straw color. You can see through it. Uh-huh. It's like a yellow color. You see that, Captain? Look at that. I do. How 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 long I mean you poured this pretty recently. I'm just there's not much oh, head yeah, going there's on. There's no head. I poured it maybe three minutes ago. So is yeah, I'm swirling it, and I'm getting no head whatsoever. You're not really going to. Yeah, well, swirl a little more, and I get a little white. Just a little bit. Clarity is brilliant. I mean, it's clear, it's cold. The sediment, I don't see any sediment. No, there won't Nothing. Be. There's some, the head retention, what head? There's no head. Josh? Dis- disappears. Yeah. The aromas... I mean, I get some sweetness. I get maybe a little honey. That's about all I get. I mean, there's nothing there. So there's not there's not nuts. There's not coffee. There's no herbal tea. I suggest you taste it. Fruit. That'll help. It will. It will very much help. I'm not down to tasting it yet. Okay. It taste will, it. It will really, really help you. What do you taste? Ooh, a lot of sweetness. What kind of sweetness? Sort of, sort of, a little sour. Okay. Maybe. Talk about the sweetness more. What type of sweetness is it? Is it chocolate? Is it fruit? Is it honey? Is it sugar? What is it? You might be leading me, but it's maybe some honey. So you're getting honey sweetness. Yeah. But... Are you getting malt sweetness? So like that big syrupy maltiness. I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. Not not at all. No bitterness. Is there any no kind acidity. Of, is there any kind of fruity sweetness in it? Yeah. There's some fruity. Okay. Let's see what the fruity is. What is that sweetness? Is it citrus? Yes or no? It is. It is citrus. Okay. Is He's it, leading me. Is it tree <laughs> is it tree fruit? Is it any type of tree fruit? Like it's not citrus. Like like nuts? Like tree. fruit, tree fruit, like orange. Taste or... it again. Does it taste like any tree fruit? Does it taste like peaches, apples, pears, anything like that? Yes. Okay. Peaches. Follow that so road. Peach, peaches. All right. Keep going. I'm done. I'm done helping you. You're getting tree fruit. You're getting sweetness. You're getting not sweetness. getting a whole lot of anything else. Are you getting hop? No. There's. Are you any. getting? Are you getting malt? No. I'll hold off, but I I have a guest coming. And remember, it's on brand for a beer venture. <laughs> on brand. That for means a beer that means the, a beer venture would totally. I'm going to call a friend. <laughs> You're going to phone a and friend, and not necessarily one of the main three. Not one of the main ones, but somebody who has a beer venture name. Okay, we're talking cider, girl. Hey. <laughs> so, what do you think you're cider, drinking? Of course, it's cider. Yes. <laughs> What are you drinking? It's got to be cider, but I don't know what kind. It's all right. Is it? It's a cider. Mm-hmm. Is it overly sweet? Would mm-hmm. you call this a dry sw- cider no, or a sweet no, cider? Very sweet cider. Okay. So you you think you've got a sweet cider in your glass? That's right. All right. Well, we'll have find to, out next. We're week. gonna have to find out next if week. I'm right or wrong? What? What my dad has? See in what his happens. Cl- he leads me down a path, and then it's like dead end. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's very exciting. So, and then now it's time for the most exciting part of the podcast, at least for me. So a little bit, a little bit of a backstory. So one of the things that the beer Avengers do on their podcast, when they have new guests on, they tell their origin story and then they, they get a beer Avenger name. So if you want to hear my origin story, go check out the beer Avengers, exactly. listen to episode one through 30 and then get to 31. <laughs> and then you'll hear, yes. then you'll get to hear my origin story. And then you'll get to hear the wonderful discussion that led up to the possibility of a name for me. Possibility. We didn't, we didn't, we didn't quite get down to a name because I guess supposedly the, the savant, the savant was not there. It, it, it led to greater discussion. Who the heck? Well, that, that was our theory at the time. I, uh, then, then I kind of bested him the next week. So who oh, knows? Okay. Uh, would you know what I'm talking about? Did you listen to mother or the, I didn't, the I didn't quite mother get to Parker? the, I didn't quite get to the, end no, a different of, mother, but it's, uh, it was, I, I actually came up, well, I, I might've come up with it before the show, but it was, I'll just, all I say is that flagons is in the title. Uh, okay. I'm going to have to go back and, and catch up because I'm kind of like you, you know, with COVID and everything, I don't quite have the time for my, my podcast ventures. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny, especially last week or so I was out of town. And I kept meaning to get to some of your recent ones, but there's just something about how I was just sort of only, I took my laptop with me because we had to record the podcast, right. but I almost didn't even go on my laptop except when I was working yeah, no, on the I podcast. You. you could listen on um, the plane, on Delta <laughs> Airlines, could you? I did, yeah, but I even got behind on like the one I listened to more than any other that I've listened to for like the last five years. I'm, I'm just getting caught up on those today. Okay. Right? So I'll get caught up on yours very soon. I promise. No um, worry. We, my wife's not caught up. <laughs> but uh, but what we were realizing uh, was that, yeah, it would appear that Hophead Huck is the best at naming. He always comes up with something. We almost always go with what he comes up with. And he was off that week. He and Cider Girl were in California. And we thought, well, well, we'll take a stab at this. And we just all came up not entirely empty. We had a few like threads of possibilities but it didn't really do anything right uh, i'm also the editor for the show so a few days later i'm, I'm listening to it and like 20 minutes in josh says you know uh i'm not sure i've never been diagnosed uh not diagnosed whatever the term you used yeah. I, I may be a super taster super taster well there's a name yeah that's a name that sounds like a superhero maybe that could be his name and then a little later on he started talking about how much he loves german beers how marzen is a thing Oh yeah, in a, in a big way. As much, he like he loves German beers as much as he hates IPAs. Yes, um, <laughs> and and so then I started thinking, okay, you know how there's some superheroes that have various levels to their like. Well, for instance, some they're just defined defined by their alter ego. Mm -hmm. Like we have Doctor Bruce Beer Nerd who becomes the Incredulous Bulk. Okay, mm -hmm. where that where so maybe like the Josh's base level is the Super Taster, but. When he really, when his skills are especially needed, he morphs into Das Uber Taster. Ooh, das Uber das Taster. Uber. <laughs> I love that. I love that. So yeah, so I think his uh, he's sort of he's he's a little bit of both, but his, his at the height of his powers, he's Das Uber Taster. The das Uber Taster. That's well, fantastic. And of course, and of course, his kryptonite. If you're going with that theme a little bit more, his kryptonite is IPA. <laughs> yeah, so my so when my dad and I were talking about it after one, he's like, "Oh, well, you should be something something IPA or something something hop." I'm like, "You can't name me after my kryptonite." <laughs> <laughs> so I I am I am 
Uber. I am the Uber das, taster. Das, das Uber. Das Uber taster. Das Uber well, it's taster. funny because I, I looked it up and because uh, I, I don't speak German. And technically, the uh, der is the male article and das is the uh, neutral article. Oh, okay. But it's like the way that das yeah. sounds better das than sounds der. Better. Das boat is the boat. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and we call it, you know, the boot glass is das boot. Das yeah. boot. Das Boot. Das Boot. Well, that's well, fantastic. That is awesome. So I will now, I can't wait to come back on the show and be Das, das Uber. Das Uber das Taster. Das Uber Taster. From that's undisclosed fantastic. location in Little Rock, Arkansas. Yes. So that's exciting. Well, Captain, we hit, this has been a fantastic We really podcast. appreciate you coming. Oh, thanks. It's been a lot of fun for me as well. Yeah, we'll definitely have to definitely do this some more. And, you know, maybe one of these days we can do a big massive crossover in person in person podcast with with it us would have to be York. an undisclosed location well of course yeah it's we'd have to come up with a name of the place kind of like you know the justice the justice league has their like was it the fortress of solitude we'd have to come up with some kind either of, that or we'll just do it in the backyard of a story beer and cheese we name them all the time exactly we'll just <laughs> you know in the, in well, the undisclosed you're backyard outside you're safe <laughs> Yeah. Right. So, well, Captain, like I said, it has been absolutely wonderful to have you on the podcast, and we we thank you so much Fantastic. for being for being on the podcast with us. And I mean, this has just been so much fun. It has been and, fun. Uh, you know, Fantastic. Tina. You know, Tina and Randy are coming to Arkansas in a couple of weeks from when we record this. So maybe there may be some beer that gets sent back. They'll be here June <laughs> maybe, 17th. Maybe, maybe some beer that gets sent back with you guys. We'll see what to, we can do to see what we can do. But once again, thank you very much. So for all of our listeners out there, if you've loved what you've heard from captain Porter Brown stout, and if you just want to listen, listen to, to podcast. a, a, a oh, yeah. great beer podcast, check out the beer Avengers. So captain, if people want to follow you, uh, how, how would they find you and where would they find you? If you're looking on the internet, the best, most comprehensive location is thebeervengers.com. You can stream all the episodes directly from that website. It also has the poor pictures from all our episodes, as well as all the blog posts going all the way back to, to uh, 2014. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter at, uh, at thebeervengers. Very cool. Um, and if you want to send us an email, because people still do that, I do it. I, that's how I, we've been communicating. Exactly. It's uh, thebeervengers at gmail.com. Yeah. If, if you, and if you forget any of this, just type the beervengers into a search engine. And uh, usually we're, we're most of what turns up. Exactly. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, if you want to, like, like we've said before, you know, if you like what you've heard, give us a like, follow, or a, a stars. You know, even if you want to give us a zero stars, that's fantastic. But just let us know why you don't like us because we want to fix what we're doing. Next week, we are going to be doing Japanese whiskey on our podcast. It's a liquor week. We're going to be doing Japanese whiskey. So, Dad, what are you going to be doing as your whiskey? The Ten Janku. Ten blended. It's 40%. All right. The Ten, the ten Janku blended whiskey. And I'm going to be doing the Hayabiki Japanese Harmony blended whiskey. Yeah, uh, yeah. Join designated. us, Captain. <laughs> Drink some whiskey, Japanese. Yeah, whiskey. I may see if I can go find. Uh, well, Japanese whiskey always reminds me of the movie uh, Lost in Translation. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> because of that commercial that Bill Murray was out there. Oh, the absolutely. whole reason he gets there for relaxing times. <laughs> yeah. It's Suntory time. <laughs> well, so fun. Funny you say that. Hayabiki is made by Suntory. Suntory. Yep. 
Well, that's, that's one of their one of their big ones. So, yeah, definitely come check us out next week. We're going to be doing that. We have some great pairings that go on with it. Like I said, we are we are most active on Instagram at Acquired Tastings. Follow us on your favorite podcast platform. Give us a like, comment, or a star, and just we'd love to hear from you. Reach out to us on Instagram. You can email us uh, email us as well at Acquired Tastings. And Captain, once again, thank you very much for being on the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Thanks. On behalf of all the Beer Avengers, thank you for having me. Thank you very much. All right. So once again, I'm Josh Mills. And I'm John Mills. And we'll see you next time. Thank you. And goodbye.